eight-minute episode. The Bucks have Dame Lillard. Still, a week later, <laughs> the Bucks have Dame Lillard. I've been just pretty good with everything. So I, I think I made a misleading statement last time around that said this podcast is about me being right. Really, what makes me kind of want to spout my half-baked, 100% wrong takes into a phone or whatever is when something is kind of missed and, but I, I feel like when there's such an avalanche, I guess what I'm saying is the discussion generally on our side of the fence the last week was all basically stuff that I agreed with. And although I will confess to at a certain point getting kind of Lillarded out, I, I don't like growing up, right? So growing up, didn't have cable for a lot of the time period. Uh, read a lot of newspapers, consumed a lot of Sports Illustrated and other stuff, and then later, you know, Slam Magazine and other stuff. And so, for the Bucks to get a mention, whether it was Ray Allen or for for you know the, when the Packers became ascendant, that was a big deal. But like, you're just happy to get mentioned. And now, I really care more about the game. So, uh, saying all this to say, two days into it, I, I um. Got kind of Dame Lillarded out. I just, it's beautiful. Just my my system got overloaded all, by all of it. And generally speaking, and, and also like I got my takes off, right? Like I heard about it 10 minutes later, put out basically the first podcast that I was aware of and just wanted to get my take out before. I mean, just that, that was just fun. Like last, what was that last? I think that was last Wednesday. Just great. And it's exciting Although I will confess, uh, behind the curtain, behind the curtain, in my head, there could be no disappointment about us getting Dame Lillard. Um, It's kind of messing up the trailer that I had (laughs) ready for the season. Um, If there's a couple of different levels of making a video in my head, to the extent that I can impress myself, which, like, I'm my hardest critic, obviously, but, like, making a highlight video is, like, the least impressive, and making something that's purely triumphant is maybe, like, level two, if level two is, is secondary. I don't know if three is the best, but whatever. Like, the highest level is something that strikes. Like, the videos that I've made or that other people have made that I'm most impressed by, especially when like you're not adding into it, you're not adding your voice to it usually, or you're not, you're just appropriating different beats and different clips and different audio clips and all this other stuff. The ones that strike this medium melancholy tone are really impressive and really hard to do, whether I do it or somebody else does it. And so I had a pretty decent sketch in my head because I think we all forget now that we're coming off of the failure. Um, And so I feel like I had found a way to kind of square that circle and make it be. And yes, this is very grandiose. But like journalism (laughs) in a way, right? I know that's stupid. That sounds, but like just, just, just to make something that'd be completely fair. Like if this was a documentary trailer, 
you'd be like, wow, that was really fair. Wow, that's critical. And and I'm high. Like, I, I want you to watch one of my videos and be like, wow, that was really critical. And also I'm hype. Right. But, <laughs> but now we got we got this guy and I don't think and actually, by the way, I don't. So I think. I'm not sure that we're going to run through the league. I never thought we were going to win 70 games or anything like that. But, and again, the the negativity, I I will say the only thing with the discourse in the last couple of days, because the thing is, and this is where I don't want to be critical of people who have the certain positions. Some of them I want to be critical of, some of them I don't. So that's why, like, I don't like Ben Thompson for reasons, right? And actually, I thought he did a pretty good job with Simmons. Um, Well, I should probably backtrack from this. I was like, so I like to think I know what's happening. Frankly, I was shocked by the criticism. I never would have seen this coming. And it actually crystallized something for me. Like, I never thought. And I guess I still refuse to believe. I can't really believe that people hate. Like, I didn't think people hated the Bucks in 2001. The money was with Iverson. You know, the, the, the hot new thing was Iverson. He, the Tupac of basketball, right? Like, like this this was his time to play the Lakers. Those were the markets they wanted. But I never thought, I didn't think the NBA hated the Kings or the Bucks. They just don't want you to win. <laughs> and I know that seems like a distinction without a difference. And I guess we're already five minutes in here. We could talk about all the subtleties of this, but I really feel like it was just like people hated the Bucks because I, I just was not anticipating people fixing their mouths. We should probably talk about Drew, right? But people all of a sudden, I mean, I think, again, it's really shocking because I'm only going to like pick up my phone and talk if I think people are saying stuff that's stupid. And yes, if I wanted to pick around the corners at some of the people, like, because here, here's my thing. If there was one criticism of the dialogue this week from the big, dumb Marzion type counts or from, you know, people you can guess. Right. And I didn't, didn't listen to all of this. I do think it's slightly disingenuous now. And this is not I'm I'm representing in my own small way an entire faction. So I'm not saying I was right. But like we had these fights in 2018 and 2019. This was patently obvious that stars went in the it, it was like two plus two. Like I, I never knew what we were arguing about. I remember like the first year of Bud, the Bucks started out eight and one or seven and one. And then they had like a bad stretch. And I only I only remember that because I remember we were at Disney World or Disneyland. So I kind of remember. And the Bucks choke away a game to the Suns. And no shade. I think I got in some skirmish with Mitchell Maurer, I think it was. And it's like these guys, you know, been following basketball for a long time. Again, no shade. I'm just telling a story. Sitting in my car. And I'm like, we need Kawhi Leonard right now. We need to make this move for Kawhi Leonard. If if we have Kawhi, and I said, I think I said something like, if we get Kawhi Leonard, we're four months away from a title. Back when a title seemed even more ridiculous. But it was like, wow, this is the time to put our chips all in. And I'm this is not receipts. This is again, this is two plus two. This is in no way receipts, any of this kind of stuff. But like, so 
again, I thought Ben Thompson was good on Simmons, but like for all the people who are like, yes, Dame, yes, oh my goodness, did you see this guy? Like, here's a clip of him scoring 71 points six months ago, and here's this and that. And it's like, hey man, where were you at? Every, every time Justin Garcia and Kane get together, like for the past three years, I have to hear about, oh, I just think he's still better than Devin Booker. Uh, every time Chris would have three good games and Devin Booker, not even anybody else had bad games, or when somebody else was hurt, if somebody else would get hurt, then all of a sudden it was like, oh, I guess, uh, I guess, uh, you know, Chris still looking better. You know, you t- when Clay got hurt, like all the versions of Clay Thompson that were good, people would try to like walk that Jack, but they knew that that the Jack wasn't going to take the book. And then when Clay Thompson got hurt and was still probably will never be the same again. All of a sudden it's like, I guess Chris is better than him. Like we did this for five. I know people remember this. And again, this is not about me. So it is odd for all of a sudden us to get the thing that everybody was advocating for. Like all the smart people were advocating for. And they're like, it's a celebration. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's what we wanted. I do not actually think the title is guaranteed, but I guarantee you this, you know, we were pushing for Butler we push for every single guy, whether, you know, Jamal Murray, what guys on the market, not on the market. Yes, Kyrie, every single guy, every single guy within reason. And the ones that weren't within reason, if they got a little disgruntled, we fantasized about it for, for the couple of weeks because that, that too was fun, right? I forget who said, but I think it's very realistic. I was talking in the break room at work today and I, and it, and because people are like, man, Lillard and people who I don't even talk basketball are like, man, Lillard. And I'm like, yeah, the crazy thing, my guy, the crazy thing is 10 days ago, we were like, man, Buddy Hill, can you imagine Buddy Hill, <laughs> you know? Um, So this is not to shade anybody else. And again, I thought Ben Thompson did a good job on Simmons because I can't, I don't know what, Sim, I don't know if this is performance art, but I don't know what Simmons was on. But still, too, these guys are like, I, oh, I mean, uh, this is so great. This is so great. I, I mean, I think Chris Middleton was a great number two. And it's like, no, you don't. No, you don't everything had to go right and we had to like, you know, pull on an inside straight to win the 21 title, which again was still very special. But if you don't know what happened with 2021, I don't know what to tell you. Right. Um, Buried in all of this was the news that Giannis blocked the Butler trade, which I probably have feelings about it, but Hey, we got Dame Lillard. Um, So that was that disc. But so the overall discourse, um, He's not happy here. The Levitard stuff, like, Le- like, okay, so full disclosure, this, this, we started podcasting during COVID, at the beginning of COVID, and I was still listening to enough Levitard at then to have a Levitard, as you recall, we had a Levitard clip of the week uh, for a while. The show used to be so good, but ultimately, like, the stuff he'd be saying is stupid. And it seems real deep when you're 14, but after a while you realize kind of what hustle he's on. Um, <laughs> but because everything is a joke, like I'm shy, I, I consumed a fair amount. Like I went out of town this last weekend, but I, I, I consumed a fair amount of the video clips and the audio clips. And then I watched uh, last night or two nights ago, kind of their clips where they're making fun of themselves. But it's just weird. It's because this is great for the league. It's great for the league. I'm still not, upon reflection, sure. Here's what I. Here's what, given reasonable injury, a, a decent run of injury 
fortune here, I think. We're going to win one out of two years, and we'll go farther both years than we would with this janky squad that y'all kept telling me that was good. Um, We should talk about Drew. Drew went to the Celtics. It's wonderful. It's, it's, It's awesome. It's incredible. It hurts so bad. And this is what you want. This is the soap opera of sports, which again was a Levitard, was a Levitard line, to be fair, to give credit where credit's due. Uh, yeah, I didn't want him on the Celtics, man, but it's great. It's great. All these, all these storylines are intertwined and the Bucks have been at the center of the universe. The Bucks have been the A, the A plot for five years with the idiot coach and with this and that and with Jabari Parker and all this kind of stuff. And, but, but since, since the first bud year and even a little bit before that, we've just been in the mix. Now we've been in the mix for despicable, disgusting. He's going to leave this time. He hates it. He's going to leave. Right. And still see, I understand this a little bit incoherent. Like Simmons, if you listen to Simmons long enough, you know he does certain reverse jinxes and you know he's playing a character to some degree. And so he's he's really a master of sort of usually not being hateable, but having fire takes and you're not really sure how serious it is. He's good at, I guess what I'm saying is, and if you listen to Rewatchables or any of these other ones, he's good at being interesting. He doesn't let people mail it in generally I felt the tone and tenor of this reminded everybody why the ringer logo is green and man I'm clearly backlogged on takes it was I mean was it was it odd to everybody else because this comes back to this weird thing about People act like they like Giannis on the Bucks, but it's almost like, well, we can't tolerate Jokic and Giannis doing this. And I guess there's a part of me that didn't see that coming. Because it's just the tone. You can be like, hey, I still like our guys. I love Tatum. Because he's got seven years, however long Tatum's been. He's got five years, however long Tatum's been in the years of of being like, I like this guy Tatum. Of forcing Tatum into every conversation. Like, the Celtics are a good team. And the Celtics play hard. And the Celtics have been better than us many years when it made no no sense for them to be. So I get that. The, what, lionizing? Is that a good word? <sighs> Excuse me. The, not, the lionizing of, of Drew Holiday. I guess I'm not falling for the trap. Like, if people were already done with Drew Holiday, because you know that I think the criticism of Drew Holiday is smart, but the way people go about it is stupid. And it's the same thing about the way people used to criticize Brogdon. If you want to criticize Brogdon in that time period, there was stuff to criticize. But if you just kept saying he's going to be hurt forever, that makes you sound stupid because that's not how sports generally works. He'll be hurt. He'll be hurt. He'll be hurt. And by the way, how many games did Chris play last year? But he'll be hurt. He'll be hurt. So who was it? One of these, Was it Josh Everly? It was one of these guys Was was – uh, was it Nate Duncan? Was it Nate Silver? It was somebody. 
all these, somebody was like, one of these analytics accounts was like, wow, I didn't realize how they turned the ball over so much. It was Kevin O'Connor. It was one of these dudes. And it was like, yeah, now do Chris. Now do Giannis. We are three lone guitarist turnover machines. And now we have two. Um, and again, it hurts so good. We have to be prepared for Drew Holiday now. Because I thought Drew was due. And that's the thing. I think people, I hate, you know, I hate, 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 hate the term mean regression. But I did think he was he was due for another kind of Pelicans series, whatever, Pelicans series versus Blazers. He's due for one of those. Um, The question for us will be just how much everything fits. And if I wanted to nitpick, I would say we're just so, I mean, we can, with middle, like we did take holidays, athleticism, small A, medium A athleticism off the team and kept Chris. And so now we have Chris and Brooke and Dame, who's probably not as quick or anything. So we don't look athletic. Like that picture, that, that Dame Lillard, I can't believe I'm here picture. There, there's, there's a dearth of athleticism, which is why the new guys are going to matter. And Marjan, I, I, I want to say this about Marjan. Man, 17 minutes. Um, well, you come here for dumb takes, right? I hope you do. Um, so the money ball take from Marjan that I haven't really been able to say, do this in 20 seconds. His shot wants to go in. I was impressed on this as a rookie, whether he went two for eight from three or two for two. His three-pointer has a snap that looks like it wants to go in. It's not exactly A.J. Green-esque, but I think he's got a real shot. It doesn't. I'm not saying it looks like Kawhi's shot, but like when Kawhi kind of grips it and spins it, you're like, yeah, that's going in. And the question, uh, this was a whole dialogue today about what's a super team. Um, no, we're not a super team because I think the definition of a super team basically throughout it, the definition of a, of a true super team throughout NBA history is a team that seems unfair. But again, because basketball, the best game, the beautiful game, you don't want necessarily too much of a thing that messes up the, the balance and the flow of it. Like the Miami Heat were a super team that underperformed. Uh, the Wilt Lakers were super teams that underperform, like the Oklahoma City Thunders underperform. The Durant uh, Warriors s- certainly won, but weren't the optimized version. They were better when they were seven three seventy three and nine. They were just kind of more unbeatable. Um, but I would say, for whatever you think about that, I think no, we're not a super team. The question is how balanced we is because again, even. I think I said something like the, the definition of a super team as I thought about it is is three offensive Hall of Famers. Because when you start getting into the weeds on Hall of Famers who aren't really Hall of Famers, who you respect... Like, the Spurs were not a super team because the Spurs were... Like, Shaq and Kobe is, is only two guys. It's not a super team. When they whooped everybody, they whooped everybody. But they were always on the verge of losing because it was still just two guys. Which is basically fair. It's a two... two of, the four, two of the four to five to three best players in the league, but that was basically fair. Similarly, at no point did the Spurs feel like a super team. They just, even with Kawhi, they just seemed like the most well-rounded team ever. 
uh, 80s Lakers super team, um, 80s Celtics super team. The Bulls, you can argue at different times they had three Hall of Famers, but Rodman is kind of a Rodman is kind of a, a, his own case. And again, that's not an offensive Hall of Famer. So the Bulls, I, I would argue, and, you know, Pippen sucks. I would argue at no point a super team. So no, we're not a super team. I should probably look at these questions because clearly I got more to say. Oh, on the Dame thing. On the is he so sad. Again, I guess, who cares? I mean, like what you like, but do you care if Dame Lillard, like, well, I'll put it this way. Right. Like, I guess I care. Right. And now I think from the stuff in media day, um, he was seemed like he was saying all the right things. And Giannis is, you know, going back to the smoothie well, talking about bratwurst and every, you know, a great time is had by all. And the books, does it seem kind of odd? I guess it does make sense that we were white in the, you know, picture. I guess that. That tracks, right? It it just seems like we never wear the green anymore. But it does seem like the white version, for whatever reason, is kind of the more iconic. It's the most iconic look. It's, it's the cleanest look out of all that all stuff that we generally have. Um, so I went out of town. I'm not going to tell the story of this would be an eight minute story, but uh, go to New York, go to Radio City Music Hall, go to see Tony, Tony, Tony. It's Raphael Sadiq presents Tony, 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 but it's a Tony, Tony, Tony show. It starts at 8. Uh, there's no opening act. There's an intermission. And they play like, a you know, 20 songs or something like that. And they played a lot. Um, They played a lot. They They basically played it sequentially. I didn't feel like they played enough from House of Music. And I felt like the production value, I didn't come for the production value, but the production value was like 90s quality. There was no kind of LCD screen stuff going. It was basically just, they'd have one pattern or they'd have one photo or they'd have, they'd have basically one screensaver effect on the screen, like per song. And it was adequate, but it was frankly below average. Not that I care about that. And it's not like I go to a bunch of shows. Uh, the reason I'm telling this story though is they had a couple of pause breaks. They had one break where they just did like two minutes on John Singleton, on the life of John Singleton. And I don't remember if he's from Compton or South Central or if he's actually from Oakland. And if he's not from Oakland, they were just doing the Boys in the Hood um, Poetic Justice thing because I forget which song was from which soundtrack, if it was Poetic Justice or what, that Sadiq did. But saying all this to say, at some point, 45 minutes in, they have a montage of basically Oakland. They have an Oakland montage. And it's Marshawn Lynch, and it's DJ Quick, and it's Too Short, and it's Hammer, and it's some other guys, and it's Digital Underground, and I'm forgetting some people, and it's Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard is in the Tony, Tony, Tony montage of great Oakland heroes. And so the things that we've been saying about Giannis where he just like, I, I get how like these guys kind of narrativize themselves because nobody was asking, like they, everybody pulled that receipt. Nobody was asking him in 2014 when he's saying, look like everybody's teaming up to beat everybody. Like 
that's what these guys feel at the time. And that's kind of what Giannis feels at the time. So I do agree with Shafty or any, any of the people are saying, well, like, he wants to be loyal because that's the thing. If enough people tell him that's not the thing, I think at some point both of these guys could flip and leave. But I'm not worried about that because, again, I can't play, like, armchair psychologist with all this kind of stuff. I'm just saying if you're Dame Lillard and you're in the vicinity of your California hometown but you've established this other thing, He's the kind of guy like Giannis who wants to perceive himself to be loyal. And so we can understand how this felt funny. And because he got such neck, like he stayed out of it, right? He's loyal. Two years ago, he should have left. But he played the loyal card. But then like a whole nother two years passed. And so when a whole nother two years passed, then he's like, he makes the statement. He's not wearing James Harden fat suit. He's not doing all of this kind of stuff, but I'm sure he was injured by the negative PR that people were saying because the thing just drug out. So then he's got to record a track and then he's got to talk about the people who know. Like, uh, again, back to the, the Ori, the Ori versus Harden thing. These guys care about being perceived as honorable or they care about their PR. Or they care about all that. My name is my name stuff. Clearly Lillard does. So if he was a little shell-shocked when he came in, whatever. But clearly, again, he perceives himself as this kind of local folk hero and that he was doing kind of his own thing. And you got to respect it. But that's but it was pretty random that I'm in New York and like Lillard is on the big screen. So I thought I'd at least tell that story. Um, <laughs> I was like the Taylor Swift thing. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Like, even Cheryl Crow thinks that's fake. Do you think Cheryl Crow, like, wishes she had pretended to, like, have a... <laughs> to be in the box with Chris while Chris is hurt? Uh, it's, it's the most astroturf thing in the world, but... It... <laughs> I gotta... We got questions. Man, it's 25 minutes. We got questions. Um. Oh, one more thing. One more thing before we get to the questions. And again, I hope any of this, whether this makes any sense or not, I hope this takes your mind off the brewers choking. I did not watch the game. I was gone. And also my wife is in a blood feud with ESPN and YouTube TV. So didn't see the game. And who had a question about that? So I wrote these down. Jacob Anderson, Wisconsin at Jacob Anderson. Basically, I can't read my handwriting, but basically complained that the Brewers have some of the worst uniforms in baseball. And again, I did not watch the game. I watched basically the pitch, that pitch, that game cast thing where you see the pitch streak and then you got to wait two beats and see. And it says, oh, no, it was a ground out. Oh, no, they reviewed it. Yada, yada, yada. I thought we all. So. I thought we all generally kind of agreed that the Brewers uniforms could be better, but like, I just think they're, I think they're good. I mean, I think they're fine, but unlike the Bucks, there's no aspect when I look at the Brewers that I hate them. Um, that guy, Gashouse, who makes the um, pretty cool 3D art, then said, you know, if it was Royal Blue, the Brewers would be top five. I don't know about all that, but my general objection when I was watching more baseball was that the Boy Scout look, they should maybe pull out like three times a year. And it feel like the second year, then the two-tone cap with the yellow front panel was then getting worn with the gray a lot more. 
which I thought was attractive. And I think the cream is really good. And I think the pinstripes are really good. So I got to disagree with you there, Jacob Anderson. I like the Brewers jerseys. And I actually, quiet as is kept, like the last version. And I think they're all better than the 80s ones, which were not that great. I kind of like that gray cursive one, but yeah, I like them okay. Uh, da, da, see, cannot read. Andy at Eggs Tray 4. Oh, he talks about Simmons. So he says, listening to Simmons, Derek White is basically Scotty Pippen. <laughs> Discuss. Um, so here's what I think happened with this, too. So obviously the ringer is Simmons. And I don't know where the Barstool guys actually hail from. I don't, underst- I don't understand the Barstool thing. I've never listened to it. This is the Knicks' fault for being garbage for so long. I feel like the self-righteous trinity is Philly, New York, Boston. And Boston has just won so much in football and won so much in basketball. Like I remember I remember a time when Paul Pierce first got to the Celtics where I had vaguely subconsciously like some sympathy for the Celtics. Because I was like, they're never, I just didn't, you know, it didn't seem, I basically looked at them kind of like the Caucasian, like the East Coast, Utah. And that, I mean, again, just being honest, like I, I thought the Celtics would never be good again when they had Paul Pierce and Antoine. Well, actually, Paul, Antoine Walker and Paul Pierce, like employee number eight and all that. It was like, oh, okay, they're even sort of, sort of, if you squint, kind of a cool team, which was like, I like the Celtics being around just like I wish the Knicks were sort of good. It's like better. I never thought, you know, they, they've had multiple runs. Like, again, I rooted for the uh, 07 Celtics to be in the – I don't know if I root, yeah, certainly rooted for them against the Lakers. But whatever that year where they played um, the Ben Wallace Pistons and it was just a glorious kind of old-school uniform combo. Like, I, I was just happy to see them back in the mix. I never thought that they'd be this kind of semi-juggernaut who can't get over the hump and this just hateable, hateable, hateable team. And yet, I still can't hate them as much as the Sixers. Um, yeah, I just find myself going back because I listen to Simmons on the plane. I listen to most of that Simmons interview on the plane. And I listen to kind of the preamble and I listen to and I fell asleep and I woke up on some other stuff. I've listened to a fair amount of stuff. And I listen to the Win in Six YouTube show kind of live to see what they were saying about that. I don't, I don't get like, just, I think what you say, what would have been more honest is to say, I still like our chances. Um, what I'm not going to let you guys do is polarize me against Drew Holiday. So full circle, full circle in this kind I'm just going to ping pong back and forth between topics. You're not going to let like Drew Holiday is real was really, 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 really important to the last three years. He was really important to our championship and he has to guard Chris Middleton's matchup because Chris Middleton can't guard anyone, which is what was Simmons when Simmons was giving it back to Thompson. That is absolutely accurate. Neither of them can handle the ball and. Obviously, as we saw, if Drew can't guard Jimmy Butler, that's a big problem. But what, what was Chris going to guard him? No. No. Um, no one gives him credit for guarding Durant in that last play. There's a million other plays where he makes the other team worse imperceptibly. 
so that other people can take 26 shots and kind of get all the credit or get slightly more than their fair share of the credit um, for the enti- and keeping it real for the entirety of the 21 run Chris on aggregate was better I would you know again you've heard this conversation before but it was like 60 40 and if you want to go like game by game I, I'd have a hard time saying that Chris because I feel I also feel like the games that Chris was bad Chris lost us more than he tanked us more than drew but again so I'm not going to do the thing. And this goes back. I feel like I've told this story before, and it's not a great story except to say. If you want to like a guy, don't let people polarize you against him. And Kellerman um, Kellerman used to talk about this, where his brother would like Eli Manning. And, and so to be a jerk, Kellerman would be like, oh, he's so good. And you'd be like, yeah, I know. I think he's going to be great. And he's like, yeah, he's better than, oh, yeah, he's good. And I think he's good. No, I think he's better. I think he's better than Joe Montana <laughs> or whoever. And he had to be like, no, no, he's not. And I'm, and I'm not going to let you do that with me and Drew Holiday. I'm not. I'm not. He's number 21 in everything. Like, I love Drew Holiday. And and we get war. We're going to get war in the playoffs. And this is a compelling story. So turn on battery saver. You have 20% battery left. 33 minutes on this. Um. By the way, I think I'm doing another podcast of 48 hours with uh, Crib and Kendrick at least. We'll We'll see how that goes. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah, we get to see. This is this is what I want. So I'm not like these people who are like, I want the easiest path to victory. I wanted Embiid and not the Hawks in round three and 21. I want the best possible matchup. This is how the soap opera ends. I want to see this chapter. I want to be sick to my stomach watching Drew Holiday hit five or seven threes, which we know he can do. I want to be furious at whatever little not even shade quote that comes out about how much happiness he's having in the locker room, which we know always kind of dry. I, I want all of it. It's it's beautiful. Like this glorifies everybody. And again, as historically great as the Celtics are, and as much as that franchise matters, it, it it's it's really time for us to beat them. It's really time for us to beat the Heat again. I'm really going to hate that the Heat have had our number this much. And the chips are on the table. The chips are on the table for Giannis, for everybody else. It's marvelous. Yes, we should have done this five years ago. But, you know, Bledsoe was good enough. And Again, whatever. This is great. This is great. This is why we watch sports. This is why we plunk money down. And, And I'm here for it. I'm going to also give you guys, should I talk about this now? I think the phone's about to die. And I, did I have, I think I have one other question. I got a couple other questions here. Um, so they did the, I did not, so I did not watch one second of the Toy Story game, nor was I at home. The Toy Story CBS game. Um, let me know if this is a stupid idea though. I've been wanting this for a while. How come in a football game, like I got big t- I got a big enough TV, but I don't have the biggest TV. Depending on the background, um, sometimes you miss the ball, and also from the from the camera angle that they always give the first camera angle, you never have any sense of depth. And you know I'm so 
you know, the ball goes right to the crossbar, but you don't really have a sense of whether it dropped in front or you kind of, if obviously if it hits the net, you see, but it's, it's difficult on certain angles with certain backgrounds, with certain lighting to tell what happens. The revolution in football for overlays is I want, I wonder why they haven't done basically like a golf tracker for the football. Well, there's a couple different possibilities, right? What I actually want more than that is like a Madden or 2K3 kind of kicker bar. I want a visual computer overlay of the wind. So if the wind is four miles per hour from the southeast crosswind, why can't I see that like it looks on a video game? That would actually be, um, you know, maybe you do like a digital outline of the ball or give it a little bit. Like I think hockey did this. Not that I've ever watched a single hockey game, I don't think. Where they had the pucks light up or something, or they the not in ca- like in camera did that. Um, get on. Maybe that sounds stupid, but I would like to. I would like to see where the prevail when the kicker lines up before the shot. I would like to see some representation of the prevailing win, and maybe even like that that big arrow. And then maybe he kicks and then, and it goes away, and then we just get to watch it without the gadgetry, because I think people would be kind of sick of the gadgetry. But I think that's a cool idea. Let me know if that's a stupid idea. Might be a stupid idea. Get out your seats and wander around, wander around at wander around. One, I'm reading my handwriting in the dark. Oh, he says he's waiting on an Ahsoka review pod. And who do I like? Who do I like at shooting guard, I think he says. Belligerent fan at Deep Fried Badger. Was the galaxy better under imperial rule? Uh, ask me that question offline. I don't want to get in trouble for that. Um, I probably have a lot to say about that. Um, so what happened with Ahsoka is I don't want to watch it. I don't want to watch it. The same way I didn't want to see Wakanda Forever and I didn't want to see Love and Thunder and I have not seen those things. I think I saw a little bit of Love and Thunder. I was in the room for that. But what has happened is it would seem that Ahsoka was a roller coaster. So there's a couple of people at work whose Star Wars opinions, one that I do not respect because he loved Obi-Wan and another guy who I could discuss briefly the majesty of the Luthan monologue or whatever. And the guy whose opinion I respect was like, you got to see Ahsoka. And my brother and other people were like, when the thing happened around episode four or five, was like, you got to see this. This is great. I'm not sure I want that in my hard drive, really. Like my mental hard drive. But I think I, I, think I told the kids, like, this would be a rainy Saturday and we'd binge it. Because they've watched it, sort of. But I feel them being disappointed by how much I don't care. But if other people like it, like, I, I think I'm sort of spoiled by it. I think my brother-in-law sort of likes it. Um, There's like space whales or something. Some, I mean, everything sounds stupid when you say it like that. I mean, yeah, there's, a, you know, there's a big dog with a bandolier. Like, I get it, right? Anything sounds stupid. There's a there's a effeminate gold butler, right? But I'm not really sure how it could be good. But people are saying, well, I guess on aggregate, people are like, hey, it's straight. 
it's worth checking out. So I think I probably will check it out. Um, Greenwald and Ryan were not great big fans of it. Um, is there anything else? I mean, that's good, right? Again, um, there will be a video 7 a.m. or 9 a.m. opening day. I think the video is kind of a layup because now we have Dame and it'll just be like, rah, rah, you know, like ready to run through a wall kind of video. Um, but I don't think I'm going to change. I don't think I'm going to change the audio track, which I will not reveal now. Um, but yeah, I, this is the best time to be a Bucks fan. This is this is the anticipation of all this stuff, and I think it's I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and we should enjoy it. And if you're the kind of person who doesn't want to get mad about Drew or any of this kind of stuff, or, or Stephen A. Smith or any of these idiots, if you like to get mad, then enjoy liking to get mad. And if you don't want to get mad, then don't let them get you mad. Because I can do a whole another hour on. Adam Silver and how like the league lets their TV partners get away with this because they don't understand. Like everyone's supposed to be partners, right? That's the thing I don't I don't like. If the players are partners, then the players have to understand their relationship to the fans. Like I don't care how much money people make, but if they want to kind of feel like they're co-owners they're co-governors and no one's over them. Well, then they need to like comport themselves in a way that's good for business. And clowning on the small franchises is not good for business. And all the heart and stuff is not good for business. And like silver, maybe he's going to start trying to be a good commissioner now in year seven or eight or whatever it is. But also there's a mid season tournament for no reason. Right. Um, but we got the best team, I think. And either way, we're going to see it, right? Like, And it, this goes back to the thing I was saying before. If we had Dame all this time, you can even argue we'd still only... Same thing with Butler, right? Any of these guys, because I think Butler is like the worst version of a guy who's clearly better than Chris. But we would have went further all these other years. And even if we lose to whatever the, the opposition, to basically the Heat franchise, whoever that would have been, We'd have lost in seven. We wouldn't have lost in five. We'd have went further in these years. We'd have made another finals appearance. And I think it's pretty, you can make a case that we'd have won more rings. We'd have had two rings with Butler. But again, who cares? We got Lillard, right? Can't go back. And, you know, pain is just pleasure deferred or whatever that expression is. Whatever that expression is. Um... Maybe we'll talk a little bit later. Right now, it feels like 63 wins. Does that sound about right? I'm going to say 63 wins. Uh, that's enough. Zip it up, zip it out. Go Bucks.